0: welcome to welcome to the gun show i am joined by garrett hey everybody and eric hello everybody fast ah. back, <laughs> back i missed that nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's like the first episode um I keep you on your toes a year ago right so mm. fun fact i think today so today is the 14th i think today that, that we're recording is exactly one year since the release of the first episode Full episode. So we had a yeah. we had that that bumper thing that we did before that. But I think the fourteenth was the day we released the uh, the first full episode. So happy anniversary, motherfuckers! Oh. <laughs> it's, uh, and just for Christian, I'm having some oddback. Ah, uh, I'm I'm having Sazrak because yeah. I thought rye with the current weather would be a really good idea because you know it's a little bit warming.
1: So. I decided to drink something that tastes like a mermaid
0: sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> True. I mean accurate. <laughs> Gaz, you are having coffee or water? I had
2: coffee.
1: Okay. In a Glock mug.
0: Ah, mm. uh, Glock does oh, he has has his, the Glock his his
2: apparel. Stuff. He's got there his Glock go. apparel. He's got the mug. There we go. I knew there was a reason I used that mug tonight.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Gaz is forgiven. Um now everyone has something Glock in the uh in the video feed that none of you can see, so sorry about that. Too bad. So sad. But, but, <laughs> but we know oh yeah, But we know. <laughs> Derek seems to be liking that, uh, that whiskey, which is great.
1: Mm, it's like, and I mean, super related to gun show I know I really wasn't enjoying until I got the mm-hmm. Glencoe glasses. Oh, Glencairn. Yeah, yeah, and, they, they really help with the uh, yeah, black like with, with that. It was a massive difference. Um, see, we are educated, erudite motherfuckers. With a wide range of interests and skills,
0: <laughs> mostly drinking, fighting, shooting. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was going to go stealing there, but that's not true. All righty. So, <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, let's get let's get into some of the stuff. Um, usual set of announcements. Uh, drill of the month. Again, thank you to Zero Mic Bullets sponsoring 1,000 Bullets for the uh, lucky winner that will be drawn at the end of September or after the September draw, I think is the is the better way to put that. Um, so when would you like a draw? There we go. Flatback Alpha, who are sponsoring a swinger and a target stand that goes in the same draw as the, uh, the Zero mic stuff. And uh, new announcement. And really, thank you for this. Shooting Stuff has made a, a, an offer available to guys shooting the drill of the month where for 50 Rand uh, fee, you can go and shoot the draw at their facility. Um, you get 15 minutes range time plus a target to, to complete the draw, And I am told they will have a timer available should you require one. So uh, if you visit Shooting Stuff, say 15 minutes, you can go do the drill. They have everything you need be sure to take a uh, gun and ammo holster.
1: Yeah. It's really good. Yeah.
0: Make that available for the guys. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, so it'll, it'll help the guys. While you're there. Exactly. It'll help the guys who are, who are going, uh, I need a timer. I need a timer. I need time. Well, you know where to go now, uh, provided you're in sort of Johannesburg or sort of Pretoria. And they'll sell you a timer while you're there. If you want. Exactly. And they have <laughs> Usually yeah. so. And, and they have a critical. <laughs> yeah, no, they do. Um, <laughs> Before I move on to the next set of things, t you wanted to say something? Uh,
1: just that we're hoping to have a, an announcement from the guys at Rocksteady Gear this week. Sorry, that's the time travel thing because we're, in, we're recording this last week. Uh, but uh, hopefully this week, we'll have a, a pretty cool announcement from the guys at Rocksteady Gear, which I'm quite excited about. Um, so we will uh, keep an eye on the various... Well, I was going to say the various social media, but the Facebook page I think is what we have because I'm old and don't really understand other social media.
0: Yeah, nothing really happens in the others. We we post the episode announcements on uh, on Instagram, but uh, nothing else happens there. So <laughs> I don't really get <laughs> Instagram. Uh, it's cool if you want to post pictures of like your food and the uh, cars, gear, and travel you can't afford. Yeah, this is true. And apparently, heavily photoshopped spiders is a thing. Ah, yes. T has a T has a, a a brand new hobby, so mm. he's obviously researching. <laughs> yeah, it's a problem.
1: I drove I, I drove to the free state and back yesterday, so I did like six hundred k's. I listened to um, spider podcasts the entire freaking way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a lot of people are going to listen to this. And go, bloody weirdo!
1: But. <laughs> Well, if this is their first episode, they're thinking, buddy, weirdo. If it's not their first episode, they already know that. <laughs> they're this just reaffirming true. it this time.
0: Yeah. Exactly. This is true. Uh, a <laughs> couple of last things before we... Sorry, see? you bought another one today. Accidentally, yeah. Accidentally. I, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> Next thing you know, you've, you've made a purchase. And like...
1: I, went, I went to the shop to buy some supplies. And I left with a um,
0: tarantula, another tarantula. Awesome. I shall come and have a look at him at some point. You must. I will. A couple of more things before we head into the main topic. Uh, Competitive coaching with Gaz. uh, Hit him up on Facebook, uh, Gaz Competitive Shooter, or info at dvctech.co.za. I got that right this time, right? On the button, dude. woo That's why I made notes before we started, because otherwise <laughs> I wouldn't have come. <laughs> I was going to fuck that up again. Uh, and last one, T, you have a course on the 29th. Guys can yep. hit you up at T at 9876.co.za, right?
1: Yeah, or message me through the book face, uh, or WhatsApp me if you have my number. Um, don't phone me, because I won't answer um
2: okay so we must
1: phone you i'll answer your call guys, because you're special (laughs) yay and Cornet answered my call today because i'm special um yeah there's still some spaces available uh just a quick reminder it's not a fundamentals course uh so i'm not going to teach you how sites work and how triggers work um it's uh it's a slightly different course to that so i will there are fundamentals courses this isn't one of them uh just say so everyone has a proper understanding before they
0: they pitch up awesome this is uh concealed carry skills right self defense yeah. skills
1: yeah cool stuff it's going to be exciting
0: sweet evil ideas and uh you're hosting at uh magnum right at magnum yeah cool stuff it tee up for the rest of the details things like round count cost etc um they will be able to uh, help you sort that stuff out. Yeah. Um. Cool. So shall we? Uh, shall we talk about the uh, the main topic? And it's hookers catchy, and catchy catchphrase. I mean, that is a catchy catchphrase.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. I think you that's our catchy. Yeah. Yeah. Steve's got get to work. We've got hookers and blow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is true. It gets used a lot on the show.
1: That's why he's got a million listeners and we've got three.
2: Thank <laughs> <Fuck laughs> you, Charles.
0: They pretend to listen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's pretty late, this show, T. I
0: know. Uh, yeah, that 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 took a couple of minutes, which is interesting. And very
1: importantly, and hopefully, corn doesn't edit the sound. Fuck you, broken-hearted citizen. Yeah, you know who you are. Get some.
0: So it's a nice topic. Um with its catchy catchphrase, <laughs> Troubleshooting your troubleshooting. As weird as that sounds. So uh does that does that work in your head, Corn? No. Oh it doesn't no, it's it, it's broken. It's just the it, way it's, that's <laughs> the way I wrote it down because that's helped me remember the topic, but it's not a very good title or a phrase. What about troubleshooting your troubled shooting?
1: There we go. See that's why I'm in marketing when you're in IT. I've added
0: a D. All that's needed was a D. Right.
1: If you it. add two D's, it'll be fucking
2: epic.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> then that's it's the, troubled with a
2: double D. That's
0: yeah. the devil's tricycle. We're not doing that.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: <coughs> that Gordon was a weird on place to, the wrong to side go. Of the cord. D.
1: Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> like like Gaz and I were on the other double D. You. You know, I don't judge and I don't kink shame,
0: but it, it was a peculiar place to go. It was, it really was. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that, I want to talk about you. Think. <laughs> Everyone, as everyone's like hitting unsubscribe, unsubscribe, unsubscribe.
1: <laughs> I mean, that, that was the complete list of subscribers, wasn't it? Unsubscribe, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. That's all three of them gone.
0: No, I mentioned them. I, I took the time to mention each one individually <laughs> I mean that's that's the kind of service you get on this show like we we really care about very little but <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I had some issues recently with some stuff not working um, in the 1911 well it wasn't the gun's fault but, but yes 1911 um, never the gun's fault of the 1911 well this wasn't it has been <laughs> but this wasn't uh, <laughs> So interesting. Well, we've all had issues with stuff in the past, where our shooting is not going the way we wanted to go, or perhaps our equipment's not working quite the way we expect it to. So, <laughs> what I wanted to talk about is <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> this funny blue polo. You? <laughs> I was going to say you're a
1: bit young for that, but you know.
0: And I'm, um, Sorry. Very much too young for that uh i want to talk about how you guys go about sort of narrowing down issues and and then addressing them um i mean sometimes it's very obviously the shooter sometimes it's very obviously the gear but at times there's there's sort of weird stuff that happens and uh i'd like to talk about sort of the process of elimination of how we Nail down what the actual cause of the problem is. Uh, it's it's very easy to say, uh, yeah, I always shoot over there because, you know, my gun isn't zeroed. Um, or if that's true, why don't you zero your gun? Um, but it's probably not true. It might be the shooter. Uh, it might be you know, unlikely, but it might be really poor ammo, um, etc. So let's start off with the uh, the old classic T. Because, no, this is sort of the the Glock affliction of the world with, uh, oh, my God, my gun shoots low and left. What is wrong with this thing that comes out of the Austrian factory?
1: Um, You you know that existed before Glocks were mainstream as well.
0: Oh, no, I know. That's that's why I said this is sort of the Glock. (laughs) I should have put up the the sort of bunny ears going. This is the Glock affliction (laughs) because everyone thinks it's the Glock. It's
1: not. (laughs) So... The, my, my general first response when someone tells me that they're going to shooting low left, my general first response is to tell them go shoot some rounds um, with your left hand. This is assuming a right handed shooter, which is normally what what it is with a gun shooting low left. And I'll normally tell them to go shoot some rounds with their, their left hand. Uh, and if the gun then shoots low right, well, guess what? Your sights didn't swap around when you changed hands. Um, that. 99 times out of 100 lets us know where the problem lies uh, and very rarely does the problem lie with the, the sights on the gap.
0: Yeah, it's it's not unheard of, but it's really unlikely. Uh, it's it's also, you know, it's a matter
1: of degree. I mean, it, it's one of the things I always joke about when you do a Glock arm course. So Glock do four different, and, and I'm using Glock as an example, but they do four different heights of rear sight. And each of those heights makes a difference of, I think it's 2.6 inches at 25 meters. And a dude will phone me up and go, I need, you know, I I know the gun's got this rear sight. And you go, okay, it's got a 6.5 rear sight. I need the highest rear sight you make. And you go, why do you need the, the highest rear sight we make? No, no, my gun shoots low. How low does it shoot? And then you get told that, no, the gun shoots like 30 centimeters low at five meters.
0: Yes, I've I've famously seen guns that do that. Yes. The rear sight that would fix that. <laughs> it, it
1: looks like a the an MC3. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's it it it's the amount you lie about length, <laughs> shall we say? Um yeah, so the, the the generally the quick easy way to check that on any gun. Is shoot it with your other hand. Um, you, it, it, at five meters, it actually doesn't like. No matter how dramatically your sights are out, the shots aren't going to be particularly far out. Um, but uh, you know, if if the gun is consistently shooting low left, and then you put it in your left hand and it starts shooting lower right, it's a uh, you're moving the gun um, before the bullet leaves the barrel kind of issue.
0: Mystery, uh, so, so just to summarize for everyone, Terek's advice is that when you shoot low and to some direction to do the stranger and then re your your uh, performance. Yeah, so yes, then, and, and then learn how, to, <laughs> learn how to shoot. On this exact same topic. Yeah. Um, so let's say I am shooting low and left at five meters. I'm shooting sort of, I don't know, let's say five centimeters low, five centimeters left. And then I'm shooting 12 centimeters left, four centimeters high. And then I'm shooting 36 centimeters low and 10 centimeters sort of right. Do you think that's a sight's problem?
2: Uh, no, that's most likely, that's probably definitely you because of the inconsistency. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't even keep track with the shot placement you were talking about, <laughs> but that's, that's yeah. typically good. If you've got a, so the weird thing is, Like with that sort of inconsistency that you're talking about, it is, in my opinion, it will always be the shooter causing that. And that's probably some form of of a flinch response or maybe lack of knowledge on how to actually align the sights if you're shooting iron sights, for example.
0: Yeah, I I, I think that's true. Um, So that kind of inaccuracy at five meters um, or, or, or sort of lack of consistency at five meters is unlikely to be sights that are loose or poorly fitted or moving. Because like T said, to get that sort of spread, that sort of movement on where you're aiming compared to where the bullet goes from just the sight is pretty much impossible because you'd no. have to, they'd have to move so much that they would literally fall off the gut um, in order to make that happen. Like it, it's just not a thing.
1: I mean, we do a, a I, I do a drill on, uh on, most of my sort of above fundamentals courses where we get people to deliberately misalign their sites. And, and at five or six meters, that variation is even with you like smashing them over as far as you can. That variation is, is minor.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. It's insignificant for sort of most target difficulty things um sorry i had a boondock science moment there. <laughs> i mean it's always good
2: we've done it before where at five meters you literally shift the front sight either left or right completely out of the rear notch when you're shooting iron sights and at five meters you pretty much always still you're on the edge of the a zone on an ipsc target yeah oh. or either zero down on an idpa
0: so, exactly
1: I mean, I once I for shits and giggles and two troll people more than anything, shot an IDPA 5x5 five five classifier with a gun with no sights on it. And I think I shot sharpshooter.
2: I think, yeah, uh, I remember that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was a gun with no, not taped up sights or anything. I took the sights off of it. Um, so, yeah, there's at, even at Uh, I mean, uh, that was uh, even at at 10 meters, you you would need dramatic variations in your sights for it to be a sight issue. Um, And it's it's a super rarity that we see someone shooting, you know, six inches left and six inches low uh, with everything going in the same hole. Um, And if we do see that... there's still a, you know I still like to get the guy to or the lady to shoot with the other hand and see if it stays in the same place uh but I mean yeah we we do get a point where sometimes we go okay something needs adjustment here um but generally it's this sort of pattern um in in that sort of area yeah mm. looks like a shotgun pattern and that's not a value judgment on anyone it just means that there are things you need to learn
0: about um shooting and hang a hang Absolutely. Um shooting handguns is not uh, intuitive and it's not easy for most people. Um, it requires skill building. You need to you need to practice. Yeah, I uh, any born
1: gun. teething on a
0: glock. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's why you say
2: looks So uh
0: let's continue down this vein. Um like everything I say is dirty and tease mine tonight, which is quite funny. <laughs> Not even doing it on purpose. Miss <laughs> Ravens, you've seen some problems in the past with uh, sort of magazines reaching end of life. Uh, no, sort of, they've been stretched to the absolute limits because competition mags. Uh, they've been, I want to say abused, but they've been worked hard. And uh, then you start seeing some some strange things happening with your gun at some point. Uh, what what happened, and and sort of how did you narrow down what was what the problem was? Uh, because those can be slightly tricky to diagnose, uh, especially if all your mags have been abused or, or used to sort of the same level.
2: So that was that's probably been one of the trickiest troubleshooting that we've been through. Um, when it started happening, what I was getting was like funny ejections out of the lock um, where it would extract the casing, but it would basically fail to eject and the casing would do a 180 spin and then I'd have the mouth of the casing facing me or getting pressed against the breech face of the, the slide. And we went through I went through a variety of different parts changes and inspections in that Terry. And uh, we changed extractors, we changed EDPs, um, we had, I had a look at the ejectors, we checked all those things, and then eventually one day, I don't know why or how, but we decided that we were going to compare my magazines to um, new magazines because that we know the Glocks like to or need to eject off of the magazine. Uh, and when we did that, we found out that the feed lips on the mags had changed quite a bit between a new mag and an old mag. And once we replaced the old magazines with new ones, well, the ejection problem went away. Um, and then it came back again earlier this year and much the same thing, the magazines had stretched and then I started having these odd ejection issues. And because of the troubleshooting that we had gone through in the past, we basically knew immediately that it was a magazine issue. I think, I think related to that as well, something to
1: bear in mind is, and this is a classic thing that, 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 that often gets missed, Gaz's mags on his competition gun are not as they came from the factory. They have different springs. They have different floor plates. We, we're trying to jam as many rounds as we can in a, in, in a, in a particularly small package. Um, and, and that's something people don't often realize, and they do the same thing with their self-defense guns, where we take a mag and we add this bit, that bit, change this, change this, and then we don't realize that that's that could accelerate wear. You know, in a case like that, where we've got a mag designed to hold fifteen rounds, holding seventeen or eighteen rounds, um, it's it's you know, there's no free lunch. Um, when you make changes like that, there there is going to either be accelerated wear or an accelerated failure rate, or or sometimes both. So that's something to be aware of as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, sure. these are. We expect this to happen in competition guns. Uh, we, we consciously take sort of steps to make the guns do things that they weren't originally designed to do. Uh, and like he said, as a result, you're, you're more likely to, to see failures and you're likely to see failures on parts that would generally last a very long time. You're likely to see it a lot sooner in competition guns because of the type of modifications that are being done to all sorts of parts within within these guns. So Gaz's magazines stretching and, and failing in that way is not uh, unexpected and it's not sort of out of the ordinary. It's a, it's a function of sort of quote unquote abuse. Um, and
2: the, the weird part on top of that is that um, at the time I was shooting two guns. So I had a practice gun and a match gun. And funnily enough, the match gun had more issues with it. So it would malfunction more often than what the practice gun would, which made it even, it made it more difficult for us to diagnose that.
0: Yeah. That's kind of peculiar. Yeah. I mean, it it guns, it makes total sense, but kind of peculiar. If it was easy, everyone would do it, right? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think, I think related to that and, and, and probably sort of like on a, on a larger sort of troubleshooting scale, um, you know, in in my day job, we do get guys, you know, who do the, my gun X is not working. You know, generally you get a, my gun's jamming. What's it doing? It's jamming. Um, Which, you know, you'll get complaints that the gun's not working. And there's a couple of things we normally um, sort of look at off the bat. Uh, The first is ammo. Uh, My first suggestion, if if someone says to me their gun's not working... um, oftentimes it's with their reloads and I, I know this may be hard to believe but no one who reloads has ever made a mistake in history their ammo is always perfect um, nonetheless uh, what I generally do is is tell them to get a hundred or preferably 200 rounds of quality factory ammunition um, and and by that I mean s b mag tech uh, you know not not billy Bob's bang boutique bullets um, get 100 or 200 rounds of quality factory ammo. So, if it's a nine mil, you, you struggle to go wrong with SMB and MagTech. Um, go shoot that. If that works, the problem's not your gun, it's your ammo. Um, and probably 95% of the time, that solves the problem. Uh, after that, uh, lubrication. Clocks are less sensitive to lubrication than some guns, but still, you know, the machine works better with a bit of lubrication. But with a lot of guns, and I see there's some course as well, the amount of guns I've made work over the years by putting some wetness on them um, is shocking. Or, or sometimes maybe not made work, but made less worse um, by lubing uh, mags, as, as as we discussed. Um, mags can be an issue. And only after that is it do we start seeing incidences of chipped extractors or or worn springs or or this on the guns buggered? But the vast majority of the time, so it makes sense to kind of cascade it in a logical order. Try good ammo. I'd, and and no matter how as I say, no matter how good your reloads are, go try some factory ammo. If the problem doesn't replicate with factory ammo then guess what? The problem is your ammo. Um, check that the gun's got a bit of lubrication. Make sure that your mags are decent. Often it makes sense, especially not in a case like gazes where we've got multiple modified mags hitting. Re- worked really hard. But, you know, someone has an issue with their gun, um, try a different mag. Uh, and it's also why it's a good idea to number your mags um, so that you can go, oh, shit, I have a constant failure to feed on the fourth round in mag number four. Well, guess what?
0: Don't use mag number four anymore. Yep. Rotate that thing into a dry fire mag, I think as we've mentioned in the, in the past. Um, yeah. Dry we'll fire mags.
1: we we'll are sell it on the gun side forum. Yeah, as
0: uh, <laughs> lightly used, never abused, runs flawless. <laughs> and I
2: mean, um. With that, I mean, more often than not, magazines can be a lot more finicky and, and full of trouble than what the gun actually is. So that's that's sometimes a good place to start looking, yeah. As well, you know. So if you're doing ammo, you might as well check the mags at the same time and make sure that's okay. Cornet and I for our since shoot
1: nineteen nine more nineteen elevens a lot. Um, you want to talk about a f- magazine finicky environment, uh, and and you'll get it where. Gun 1 will love Metal 4 mags, Gun 2 will love Wilson Combat mags, and Gun 3 will love Trip mags. Uh, And sometimes Gun 3 won't work with the mags that work perfectly in Gun 2, even though they're ostensibly the same gun. Uh, With those, I've had really good results with the Metal 4 mags. But, um, you know, it's one of those things. I've I've got a Chip McCormick, which is supposed to be a good mag, that's pretty problematic. Um, Metco make some spectacular mags. If if you're shooting a a Beretta 92, a CZ 75, um, a Browning High Power, a whole host of guns, generally Metcos are the best mags you can buy for your gun. Um, you know, it, it's one of those guns, the, those mags where they make spectacular mags. Their Namal 911 mags are not of the same quality. Um, as there are others in any of the guns I've tried them in. Um, so, yeah, you know, as a general rule, the mags, with with pretty much everything that's not a 1911, the factory mags um, are your best bet. Um, on a lot of the guns, mecha are at least as good and on some better. Um, and then on 1911s, being 1911s, you're going to have to find what space magic they they like the most
0: yeah i i have uh pretty much all my guns will shoot the uh the wilson combat etm mags but the lightweight will not often but occasionally have a significant hiccup shooting those mags the other guns just they love those then i have some metal four mags that work perfectly in the lightweight but won't drop free out of one of my competition guns but will drop perfectly free out of the lightweight. Uh, Like like T said, they're they're unique creatures, and you need to sort of understand the machine and and understand that you're going to spend a lot of time uh, looking at weird problems that come out of nowhere. Uh, When I did my armrest course at Colt, one of the
1: things they said to be careful of in the 9 mil guns was Wilson mags, and Wilson mag, great 911 mags, they're 45 mags, they're spectacular um but what they found is that they would uh, contact the extended ejectors on the guns I, I had to replace an ejector on my uh on my Colt competition um as a result of getting dinged um getting mad you know like if you're shooting idpa ESP or or, or or classic where we do sometimes run our guns empty or if you're just doing slide lock reloads a lot those facts can, So, and that's not a, that's a good mag and it's a good gun. It's just, um, it's a good mag and good gun that may not necessarily like each other. Uh, and if, if you grew up shooting plastic people poppers, that might be a challenging concept for you to deal with. Uh, you know, if, if, if you're used to shooting the if you're used to shooting Browning half powers or whatever, um, you're you're more inclined to to understand that not everything's gonna work. Um but a lot of the guys who've grown up in the Glock generation or, or the the various um uh Glock killers most of which names you've probably forgotten by now, um are probably used to not having to worry about what mag, what ammo, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, so go interestingly with the uh with the the Wilson mags over inserting and potentially bending ejectors Uh, i broke an ejector in the lightweight Mm. recently Um, now it broke not when it was getting shot with wilson mags but i would not be surprised if that was the uh the start of the failure Uh, like not even slightly like i said this gun occasionally will have weird hiccups with with those mags i haven't shot since i with those mags since i uh, replaced the ejector so i might go and relook that with a with a new ejector and see if it's if it still might be making contact or not
1: let's um, have a look you might have to relieve the bottom of that ejector um let's say if, if you're shooting a 1911 in 40 a uh, uh, 45 1911 you know like by god you should be um, says that he owns more nine miles than 45 <laughs> 1911s um the, the the wilson like specifically the wilson etm is probably the best magazine that exists for those guns. Um, you know, if, if I could afford it, that's all I'd shoot in my 1911. And if if that if, if I shot 45 1911s um, sort of exclusively or primarily, I would have a giant pile of Wilson ETM and magazine 45. Um, that said, you may find that your gun hates them and wants to be fed, uh, you know, McCormick's shooting stars or, or trips or whatever. Um, and I've had good results with the trips, I know you- One's had a little bit of shit with them, um, but I've had uh, really good results with them.
0: So the 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 only thing I don't like about the trip, and why I probably won't be purchasing any of those in the in the immediate future, is the tab that locks slide open on empty uh, is really 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 thin, and uh, I've managed to break one off of a mag. Uh, in not heavy use. Um, so that's the only thing I have against them. Like they feed really well. They eject really well uh, from from the gun. No problems with that. Uh, and that mag is still in service. So don't get me wrong. Uh, it's just, it's a competition only mag. It's it's the mag that I, it's got a bit of tape on it to tell me that's the mag. <clears throat> and that mag goes in the rear, most pouch of my um, my rig and that's my sort of Barney mag right where, where I do my one upload from um, so mag still works I would still shoot it the only thing that'll happen is the gun won't uh, lock back and then you know, tap rack okay cool gun is empty reload no no massive biggie there
1: it, Just, it uh, is the, the only 10 shot 9mm mm-hmm. 911 mag that can be unloaded without tools and swearing yes <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, that's a fact. Like the others, require significant force. So you know how I unload them. But you're the one going to pull the trigger. I shoot them till they're empty. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have
1: enough to go to a match with that many at the moment, seeing as I've just rebuilt that gun.
0: (laughs) You'll get back there. No. So that's the sort of 1911 side of things. And that's not all of it, but that's some of it. Um, Guys who are seeing sort of gun fires, gun cycles, uh, gun goes, click, you tap, rack, and nothing comes out. Uh, Next round loads, gun fires again. Um, That's typically because you have either too much slide velocity or your mags are a little bit tardy. So your mag springs are starting to go and your recoil spring is starting to go or a combination of both. What?
1: Tardy is in the American usage of the term as in running slightly late. Not in the completely not PC use of the term.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, no that, that was not non-PC. That's, it, they're, they're running slow. They're, they're sort of wearing out and they're unable to keep up with the rate at which the gun is cycling. Um, so in those instances, check your, uh, your recoil springs, check your magazine springs and make sure that those are in good good condition. Um, before you sort of dig any further. Weird ejection uh, is typically issues with uh, extractors starting to fail or ejectors being uh, out of spec, bent, broken, et cetera. Uh, so those are the, if you're having weird ejection sort of issues or weird ejection patterns. Those are probably the places where I would start. Um, T is having a massive smile over there. Sorry. He's on up. <laughs> I think um teabag and gas failures to ignite uh
1: so the majority of the time and and this also is one of those things that hurts people's feelings it's primers that aren't seated properly and then what happens is the firing pin seats the primer properly and dude and it's generally a dude picks up round, goes no look the primer seated well, yes, it's fucking seated because you just smashed it with your hammer. It's um, seated now. <laughs> but I mean, we we do see it with... Uh, primarily with striker-fired guns where you've run lighter firing pin springs um, and then heavier primers. So you, you're not going to run state ammo or Hertenberg primers in a Glock with a reduced power firing pin spring particularly reliably. Uh, and we see it in a, a lot with with double action single action guns, especially in the double action shot, where guys have put reduced power um, hammer springs in to, to lighten up the the double action trigger. So, I'm not saying don't do those things, but there's a if you're going to do those things, you're going to have to be a little bit more careful about what primers you use and that sort of thing. Um, you know, it's it's an old trick with with sort of serious revolver shooters who, when they and and when, when MRST slicked up the trigger on my K-38 recently and they did a spectacular job. You need to see that gun. It's like, okay, man, um but, but Roger said to me, for, for best results, you need to run federal primers in this gun. Um, I've shot a little bit since I got it back and uh, with Magtech factory ammo, it's run hundreds, which was interesting because they're really, relatively hard primers. Some old PMP I had um, a couple of light strikes, but that, that That is to be expected. I'm, I'm using a gun with a modified trigger uh, or, or a modified action to be lighter and smoother. It's not going to set off a primer made out of old fucking tanks. Uh, so,
2: Pretty much all. <laughs> Uh
1: Once again, often the go buy some factory ammo and see what happens with that answer um, will we'll, we'll let you know where you are. Um, but yeah, uh, we, we had it at a, at a, a match at um, I think it was, a, it was either a Spartan or E.G. match. One of the guys in our squad all of a sudden started having light strikes, um, and uh, it was a result of running a ridiculously light hammer spring, um, and then changing primers from whatever he was using to something harder. Uh, you know, if you're going to do that, Federal primers are the softest. They're expensive and they're hard to get, but you, you've got to make that sort of um, Compromise and decide where you are, and if it's a carry gun, um, uh, err on the side of of, of caution. Um, but it's simply a matter of just finding what uh, uh, be, being a being having the right sort of combination, and and then if it's reloads, making sure that those primers are properly seated.
2: I mean, I, I went through, I went through a different, uh, quite a tricky diagnosis of light strikes as well for for, gee, I think it was a month or two, and I went through the process of checking the machine, the primers that I had gotten, making sure that the machine was seating the primers um, correctly. I checked firing pins, I changed some parts on the gun, I changed the spring back to a factory spring, and I would still get these odd light strikes. And what I eventually found was that I actually had a, a carbon buildup inside the firing pin chamber or channel, That was uh, restricting the firing pin from going as far forward as it normally would. And then under the right conditions, it wouldn't ignite the primer correctly. And once I cleaned that out properly and and I could visually check that, I haven't had a light strike issue since. But part of the diagnosis was changing primer brands. So I went away from what I was normally using to something lighter to something even lighter and then going from lighter springs for competition and then increasing that weight as well to try and diagnose what was going on. and eventually. I found out that it was just a maintenance thing.
1: Be- Bearing in mind as well, guys, that that your, yours was a bit of a, a case of the exception that proves the rule. Um, you know, we mm. we had a, a a shooter with with a pretty high sort of knowledge of the, the mechanics of the gun and mechanics of reloading and all of that, uh, and a, a a bit of a a weird sort of situation. So. Mm. In your case, that was this, and and that can happen. But
2: it's a lot really of people unique.
1: immediately want to jump to the conclusion that it must be that because they couldn't have, have loaded, you know, not seated the primers properly. So listen to what Gaz said. Um, re- rewind a little bit if you have to. He first checked um, that he was seating the primers properly and all of that sort of thing. Um, you know, it it could be a chipped firing pin. I've seen that. Um, I've heard cases of of guns with firing pins that are broken, uh, that, that you know, dude goes, oh, every so often I'm having weird light strikes or whatever, pull the firing pin out and two pieces fall out. Um, if you've got oil on the firing pin channel on the Glock, you're going to increase the chances of having a light strike. Um, if you've been messing around in there with, with aftermarket stuff, if you haven't put the spring cups in correctly, there are a couple of things that... In- can increase that likelihood as well.
0: Um, I've also recently gone through a through a spate of sort of failures to ignite. the The very first time it happened, I uh, I managed to finish the stage with with massive issues, uh, and the gun went back in the bag, back on the range cart, pulled backup gun, and I went. I'm pretty sure I've broken a firing pin in this gun, so I'm swapping in my my backup. Um, I then sort of inspected sort of firing pin channel on the on the gun. I checked the firing pin. Everything was fine. I checked the primers. The primers were well seated and I was still having issues. Um, other guns ran the ammo without any problems. And then uh, come to find that my resizing die on my press had moved very slightly. Uh, that resulted in... Eventually two things, but one case is not being all the way resized and to the overall length of the cartridge increasing ever so slightly, uh, eventually. And what was happening there is the gun failed to enter the, to, to lock up completely. It failed to enter battery, but it looked like it had entered battery. Um, it was closed enough that the disconnector was no longer stopping the hammer from falling. When the hammer would fall, it would close the slide entirely. The sort of less than a millimeter was out. And the sort of telltale signs that that is what was happening was my firing pin strikes on the primer were not centered. They were sort of offset on the primer kind of high and pretty light. Um, That's what eventually helped to diagnose with Gaz and T's help what the actual problem was and, and resolve it. Um, so if you're seeing sort of center strikes on your primers, but quite light, that's probably just your primers aren't seated, like T set. If you're seeing uh off-center strikes when you normally have center strikes when you're gunning light stuff, uh, you you may need to look at sort of ammo being out of spec, like T said. That will be quite obvious when you go and shoot factory ammo and that problem goes away. Um so I think that's that's still the place to start for this stuff is go shoot some factory ammo and then, then go from there. Um, it's almost like T-knows what he's talking about. Almost. I can't <laughs> believe.
2: <laughs> Neither can no, that anyone makes sense. else. And I mean, I remember you going through that. Uh, we shot a match together on on the Saturday and you had maybe like one of those issues per stage if we averaged it out. Um, yep. And then after that match, we got permission and we basically shot out that remaining ammo because you had other ammo that you had gone through a higher level of of qc if i remember correctly and yeah basically when we shot that or stuff out on the Saturday, at least yeah um, no, they,
0: gauged. They, they gauged they gauged they gauge too long for that yeah. gun
2: that, that's um, literally what it was and then um we we shot them out and then you we shot a match again on um Sunday morning. And after that, you had checked the gun to make sure that there was nothing mechanically wrong or anything like that. First stage on Sunday morning was heartbreaking to watch because of that problem, probably amplified itself by 50 fold on that first stage after having gone through what we did on
0: Saturday. Uh, It it was my proudest stage performance ever. Um, Few people can say that they took 41 seconds to shoot a nine second stage.
2: Um, and like a few PMAs. people
0: yeah a few people with uh, with with 10 round guns starting with 11 rounds in the gun can say that they did uh five reloads i think so do you, yeah. you shoot 10 rounds
1: <laughs> mm. i mean you do shoot classic that's not like a huge weird <laughs> thing
0: <laughs> <laughs> to, to make that sorry guys i'm interrupting you to make that problem uh-uh. even worse okay so i eventually get the gun to to fire again okay so i i I like yank the slide forward to get it to close and then i managed to fire two rounds in my excitement i managed to miss a piece of steel that was not far away resulting in another reload and more (laughs) (laughs) malfunctions so had i practiced some visual patience instead of going fuck 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 um I probably could have taken my 41 seconds down to like 36.
1: <laughs> that is yeah. special. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, that was, a, that was a tricky one to, to diagnose, but uh, we did eventually figure out what the hell it was and get it fixed, which is fantastic. Um, Gaz, any sort of other common things that you've seen? Um, I know that you have helped guys at the range sort of troubleshoot stuff when they're having issues sort of mid-match and stuff. Yeah. Um, and you have quite a bit of experience on uh obviously Glocks, uh, CZs. Uh you have some experience on on 1911, 2011s. We uh, say CZ in South Africa. CZ. CZ. <laughs> CZ. You need to get the 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 accent right too. <laughs> Any other True. things that you that you've seen sort of repeat itself, Gats?
2: So I think that for many of the different gun manufacturers, there's certain quirks that each one will have. That are typically higher wearing or, or they have more frequent breakages um, than what you'd sort of expect so if we look at the the cz for example the shadow one shadow two are fairly notorious for going through trigger springs mm-hmm. um so <clears throat> that's something that's hard to, to quantify and it often happens to someone when they're at a match it, it very very seldom is going to happen in dry fire in practice uh but that's that's sort of going to boil down to uh, preventative maintenance, but the problem is if you don't know what that preventative maintenance is, you can only learn. Well, as you could research it before, but if you choose not to research it, you, you're going to learn about that preventative maintenance when you lead, need it to happen least, if that makes sense. Mm. Yep. At the most inopportune time. There we go. Oh, that's a big word for a boy from the mm. East, East mm. Rand. There we go.
0: Lack Says, boy from the East Rand. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, so I think there's there's quite a few of those different things that need to be thought of as well.
0: So what do you see when, when the, the trigger reset spring goes, trigger return spring goes on the on the CZ? Uh
2: your trigger stops resetting.
0: Yeah, it stops
1: returning.
2: How, so, how so, yeah,
1: that's right. is that? So, the so gun goes no longer returns.
0: Gun goes bang, trigger stays back. Yes. Yeah. It sucks. Uh, no, now I've I've seen it happen. <laughs> hmm. I've seen it happen to, uh, to someone in, uh, I don't know how big the stage was, but like from the first round of that stage, he was pulling trigger back and then pushing trigger forward, <laughs> pulling trigger back and pushing trigger forward. That's not great you know, for your Instagram splits. Let me tell you. <laughs> and it normally
2: happens on a 32 round stage. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Murphy says it'll <laughs> it'll go it'll let
1: you get in enough rounds in a 32-round stage that you're gonna zero the stage, but you you're gonna have shot half the stage.
0: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that is the way it works, because you know, guns and competitions, that's when they punish you the most. That's all yeah, of their They thing. know they know things. They do know things. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> T Bag, anything common that you see? Uh obviously guys uh the dude from Heidelberg, what? Yeah, the dude from Heidelberg.
1: The dude from Heidelberg's also done this, where you go... No, no, you said going it was, to... can I see anything common? And I was
0: looking at you.
2: Oh, no, no, <laughs> common. Because my camera's
0: all fake. <laughs> yeah, and I I think the T is in the view where he can't see himself. <laughs> I am a stylish <laughs> motherfucker. I mean, you obviously see the, uh, the dudes who are, I'm going to maintenance my gun, who then take it apart all the way. Lose three parts. Add an extra thing that happened to be on the counter, um, which has nothing to do with the actual gun. Put it back together, and then goes it won't work. Yeah. So, yeah, do, do,
1: Some people have this fetish for details tripping their guns every time they shoot them, which is dumb. Don't do that. Um, if you want to clean your gun every time you shoot it, I also think that's dumb, but I won't tell you not to do that. Um, but don't detail strip your gun every time you shoot it. Uh, I also have a, and I suppose there's a degree of superstition in it, but there is a degree of logic. I won't shoot a match that I care about with a gun that that I've just cleaned and haven't shot. I also won't carry a gun that I've cleaned and not shot um, because I don't know if it works. Uh, you know, if I've, if, if I've, cleaned it lubed it done all of that um especially if i've detail stripped it which is not something i'm doing more than every six months or a year um and then i uh and then i i put it back together i'm going to shoot that gun before I, I, I carry it um or before i shoot a match with it uh, just to make sure that everything has been put together correctly because it happens um people put things in incorrectly uh even people who know, but oftentimes people don't quite know as much as they think they know. Um, so I want to make sure that all of that works before I get to the match and not discover on stage one that I've put something in backwards
0: and have a gun that doesn't work. Makes sense, Yeah, never trust a clean gun. Uh, not trust Because, yep, they they might work, but in my experience, they uh, they often don't. They need some carbon to run. They, they need oil and carbon. Otherwise, like, they're, they're no good. Uh, so, teabag, sort of your topic. Uh, and then then I'll ask Gaz about the next one. Shotguns. Yes. Guns that won't extract, guns won't feed, et cetera. Is that also usually sort of ammo related? Um, um,
1: the primary cause of that is guns that are not made by Beretta or Benelli. Um the secondary cause of that, yeah, uh, ammo can be a challenge. Um, we see we see a surprising number of issues with compaction shotguns um, failing to extract, failing to eject, and especially newer production pump action shotguns, which is pretty much the last twenty odd years um I, I see a lot more failures with them. I, it's it's one of those weird things where um, people have historically told us how reliable pump action shotguns are. People still tell me how reliable pump action shotguns are, and to be honest, pump actions are are amongst the least reliable shotguns I see. Um, oftentimes, not oftentimes because of an an ammunition sort of sensitivity where this particular brand. Of of shell the, the the rim is too thin. This brand the rim is too thick. This brand the head is a bit soft and it expands too much. Um, a, a lot of them will will benefit a little bit from polishing up the chamber, um, but in often cases like that what what you're really doing is you're uh, you're kind of trying to turn a, a South ear into a sort of purse. purse. Um, it's so to say on pump actions. You're to try and find ammo that works. You're going to try and find a uh, maintenance schedule that, that works for the gun. Um, semi-autos. As, uh, I wasn't joking when I said the 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 biggest cause of failures I see with semi-auto shotguns is not being a breather of vanelli. Um Lubrication. Every machine, or almost, I'm sure there's a machine that doesn't. But as a general rule, machines work better when when there's some wetness. Um, what else do we see? Uh, mag springs, especially on the inertia guns. Um, if your mag springs are not strong enough, um, then we can have issues with feeding and that. Um, so I think to bear in mind with, with almost all the shotguns we shoot, uh, and, and this is sort of referring to to what we shoot with EPSIC with guns, um, they are, most of those guns are based on a gun designed to shoot birds um it's designed to have a three shot magazine tube and it's designed for you to shoot something out the sky and then we take the gun and we put shorter barrels on it we put longer mag tubes we we mess around and and we take stuff once again like we discussed with pistols we take those things outside of the original design envelope um and then wonder why it doesn't work so you need to be aware of that. You need to be aware that ideally you're not running every, everything on the ragged edge. Um, I, I had issues yesterday on a, on a pigeon shoot where an over-under, every so often I had to like smack it to get it open and smack it to get it closed. Um, that I think was a combination of a little bit of, of lack of lubrication, a bit of dust and shooting 500 rounds in a really short period of time um but uh that that was an over under which is a a pretty simple machine so lubrication once again that was one of those guns that i put some oil on and all of a sudden it worked a whole lot better Uh, but that is something we
0: need to we need to be aware of the uh the semi-auto sort of things uh especially the ones that are sort of I suppose they're probably all gas-driven. I don't know how these things work. Uh, I've seen some issues with guns that are over-gassed, literally ripping. Gas no, no, no. I'm talking about the box-fed stuff.
1: Uh, yeah, no, no not say say box-fed abominations, not semi-autos.
0: Yeah, sorry. I I, I meant to include a box in there, but then I was trying to find a nice way of not saying what I wanted to say, and then I forgot to add box. Abomination, <laughs> abomination. There we go. T's announced them. The box-fed abominations, uh, I've seen some of those be overgassed to the point where the extractor will literally rip a chunk out of the, uh, the case shotgun shot. Like, it'll, it'll rip the brass right out and leave the case stuck. Um, also recently spoken to someone who has one of those abominations where everything works perfectly except for the buck that he's trying to shoot because it messes with the timing of the gun. Um, so he has, uh, some options. He can find different buck that hopefully works. He can like change the recoil spring weight, uh, or he can mess around with the, uh, the gas system some more. The problem with changing the the recoil spring weight and messing around with the gas system some more is now the, the buck and uh, the burden slug that you have that, that used to work also don't work. So <laughs> those are, those are, are troublesome. Um, it's no secret that magazines in those are notoriously uh unreliable. Probably because shotgun shells were not designed to feed from box fed guns or box fed magazines, but um so if, if
1: if you were gonna design the cartridge to be the least ideal shape um, to feed from a box magazine, a shotgun shell would be pretty close unless you made something, you know, like the shape of a Lego block.
0: Yep. Exactly. Um, so, now things that I, oh, uh, on inertial shotguns or, or sort of inertia driven shotguns, hanging stuff off the front of them is generally not a good idea. Um, you can end up uh, absorbing enough energy by making the gun heavier mm-hmm. to the point where they won't work. Uh, yeah, so, be yeah. so, be careful with that. So, be careful with that. If you're hanging more stuff off of those guns than you have before, you have to test. Um, You can't go, I'm going to stick a a flashlight on the front of the shotgun. It'll be fine uh, because I haven't changed the gun and then rely on it for sort of defensive work. Uh, You have to test it. As a rule, things like side saddles
1: often don't work well on those. Oh, um, sorry, and I'm going to interrupt you and myself. Um, What I've also seen with side saddles, especially the taxar style, where you you have an ov- oversized bolt, so it replaces one of the, the the bolts or pins in the receiver with an oversized bolt. Is if you tighten that up too much, you can actually flex the receiver in slightly, and jam up the gun. Um, so you want you want to be careful of those. I would I would lean towards if I was going to run a side saddle, I would probably lean towards um, one of the the sort of nylon ones that velcros on the side. Um, partially because you're not uh, flexing receivers and on inertia guns because you're adding less weight. But if you're going to do that, um, you're going to need to test the ammo
0: you're going to shoot in that gun with that setup to make it work. Yep, exactly. Um, moving on to things that I know nothing about, so I'm going to refer out to to you and Gaz. Uh, rifles? AORs,
1: um, if you've got a good, good one. Bit. Yeah. Um, keep them wet, uh, despite what everyone told you. Once again, they'll generally run dirty. I think I've cleaned mine once, um, but they do need to be wet. Uh, and there are a lot of shitty magazines on the market, um, which will often cause issues. A lot of a lot of the cheaper guns, especially, are are a little bit overgassed um, to work with sort of cheaper two to three spec ammo, um, which may not be ideal if you're going to run sort of hotter five, five, six. Um, and especially if you're going to run a can or something on there, if you're going to run a can on an AR, you want adjustable gas. Um, otherwise, you're going to have you're going to have issues, um, and at the very least, it's going to be really unpleasant to shoot. Um, use decent mags. Um, the we we have a perception in this country that metal mags are always better than than polymer mags. As a general rule, when I had an LM, I preferred the polymer mags because. At least it's either broken or it's not. It's it's less likely to have little dings. Those aluminum AR mags were originally designed to be somewhat disposable. So there's nothing wrong with them. Um, But I I see guys pitching up in matches with mags that have so so worn that they've gone from gray to like a weird gold color. And then they wonder why they have malfunctions because the mag is older than I am. And as the guys at work like to remind me, I'm old as balls um so well I you're like, as
0: old as your balls
1: literally well, yeah. uh i i really like i primarily run one of three mags in my guns um i really like the lancer mags for no logical reason i just like them um I, i've had really good results with the tango down mags Um, And the Magpul P mags are are generally really solid mags. Um, I'm sure there's other wonderful mags out there, um, but those are the ones I've kind of had the best results with. Uh, So good mags, reasonable ammo, keep it wet. Um, And then, yeah, just once again, basic preventative maintenance. Uh, You know, if if your gas rings are wearing out um, or worn out, you're, you're, I, I know one of the top shooters at uh, the recent rifle nationals had some massive issues because for some reason his gun was eating, um, I'm speaking to him today, his gun was eating uh, gas rings. So he was replacing his gas rings every couple of stages otherwise his gun wouldn't work. Um, so there was obviously a deeper issue at, at, at heart there but uh, it's um, that's, that's problematic and it it's a maintenance part uh, extractors if you've got an older ar um some of them had had a bit of weakness in the extractors there were various solutions there was what i think they called it a d ring was the one solution colt uh, colt user a particular um, sort of coppery colored uh, extra power um, extractor spring um and i mean in in uh, Using five five six ammo in a two to three chambered gun can be problematic. Um you, you can start having issues there uh because of that sort of overpressure situation. And then one other thing I would be particularly mindful of is if you've shot a lot of um steel cased uh lacquered ammunition. So, you know, the the Barnell with the the green case or something like that. Um if you've shot a lot of that, what can happen is a little bit of that lacquer can get stuck in the chamber. And if you try and shoot brass after that, the brass can get stuck to that, um, and you can start having issues with cases getting stuck in chambers. That's not just an AR thing. I've, I've had that with the VZ-58. I've seen that with a couple of guns. So if, if you're going to run that, that um, sort of lacquered brass case stuff, you need to thoroughly clean out your chamber and get rid of any lacquer left in the chamber Okay, um, shoot, <laughs> shoot, uh, before you shoot brass cast ammo.
0: I knew uh, that was coming.
1: Yeah. Lacquer. It was just lacquer. Um I've never had that issue. Barnell, there was some Barnell that came in with, a, I don't know if it was nickel plated or, or what it was, but there was a a Barnell, also steel case, but with a, a bright shiny silver case. Um that wasn't lacquered. Uh it was lacquer though. Um and I never had any issues with 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 that. But with the lacquered stuff, I've had issues. I've seen I've had issues and I've seen issues in a couple of rifles.
2: Makes sense? Gaz? Uh I think T's covered sort of everything that I would have had to say about the ARs. Um
0: I tell you, you know nothing about bolt guns like me. Uh... I know a little bit. Make sure the screws but, are tight. Yeah.
1: Make sure you touch I, the barrel. Dave, <laughs>
0: Just for Max. So, so the That's one right. thing I know about long guns, mm. the one thing I know is they work better if you touch the barrel. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I, I This pigeon shoot, I shot a Browning that probably cost more than my car. I made sure to touch the barrel regularly and, and think of Max when I did it.
0: And you should like barrel touching is essential. <laughs>
1: My mom said it'll make me go blind though. Oh,
0: the
2: fact that you recently
1: uh, got glasses sort uh, of proves the point.
2: Fine.
0: Uh do you make anything specific on, on sort of other rifles? Uh and say other rifles, I mean your your hunting rifles. Bolt guns, um, I know you should uh, lubricate the firing pin
1: inside the bolt. Um, you do want to make sure that the the, the stock is tied to the action. Um, something you want to be careful of once again if if you're if you're someone who grew up with uh, with plastic people poppers and ARs and that sort of thing, um, blue steel and walnut is not going to be as forgiving of getting caught in the rain or anything. Um, so if the gun gets caught in the rain, you need to. To get the get all of that out there, even if that involves taking the stock off, um, I don't know. I'm like you know, I'm still somewhat abusive of 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 mine, um, and <laughs> you know, the hotter you shoot it, the the shorter your barrel is going to last. And and for some pistol shooters, that can be a bit of a a sort of like a mindfuck, um, you know. We to shoot out a pistol barrel is is hard work, um, and there's a good chance other parts are going to start failing at about the same time. If if you really have shot out a pistol barrel, um, rifle barrels, depending on the caliber, are, are going to last a lot shorter, um, and you're going to accelerate that wear if if you shoot them hot. Um, so if you you're shooting that gun so that there's mirage coming off of it. You're gonna you're gonna wear out the barrel quicker than if you were shooting the same ammo at a more leisurely pace. Um, mm. So I have bolt guns to kill things. I don't really know huge amounts
2: about them. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Bolt guns. Bolt guns are are leisurely guns. Uh, one thing I'd add on to that is that even though you want to make sure, that, like your your stock to your action or that your scope and rings and mounts and all of that stuff remain tight. Be aware of over-tightening. I've heard of Mm -hmm. a lot of rifles getting permanently damaged due to Mm -hmm. over-tightening. Whether it's splitting stocks, bending actions, some instances damaging scopes. Be aware of over-tightening. Things need to be tight. They're designed in a way that they will be tight. And you don't have to excessively tighten them to achieve that result.
0: Yeah. yeah. The The important… Sorry, T. Gary, the important thing is to remember you always turn it until you hear the click hmm. and then two turns back
1: yeah <laughs> like like a ratchet, like um, a ratchet. <laughs> i think a lot of guys don't realize like your scope mounts and that and scope rings will come with um talk settings um, and your scopes yeah. will, i think some scopes will even come with talk settings um that doesn't mean that's the minimum and try and double that uh, you Know despite what people think, um, tighter is not always better uh, when it comes to guns. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> like the show
0: has been dirty,
1: <laughs> it really has been filthy. Um, there was another rifle thing that occurred to me that I wanted to bring up that has now escaped me. Gaz made a really good point about the tightening of the screws. Um, oh, and and this is this is something that. I've come across a fair amount of guys who've been, and and this is often a bad line, but shooting, you know, shooting their whole lives, which is not always a, a sign that fools you with with sort of confidence. Um, just because you zeroed your rifle with one type of ammunition, it may or may not be zeroed with another brand, um, or with the same brand with a different load. Um, check it uh, and and adjust it if necessary. Uh, you might get lucky if you've got the greatest caliber in the world, 7x64, um, my gun seems to print pretty much everything in very close to the same place. Um, but you know, in, in, in a lot of guns, there can be quite a big sort of variation. So check that and if possible and check zero often, you know, the old thing, if the farm's got a range, try and go to the range and and confirm where your zero is, uh, often hunting farms are on shitty roads. And after driving down ten k's of shitty road, if if the gun's not in a a, a good sort of case, um, that that scope might uh, might have shifted slightly. Uh, that's less of a problem with modern scopes. Um, you know, the the scopes of today are not the scopes of fifty years ago. Um, so, but it's still something just to be just just check it. And as I said, don't don't. And I get guys who who were completely flabbergasted because. He zeroed his gun with PMP brown box, whatever, because it was the cheapest stuff he could find. Um, and then he bought some, you know, sort of super high-end load in a in a totally different bullet weight, in a totally different bullet style. Um, and he doesn't understand now why his gun doesn't shoot in the same place because it says 30.06 on both boxes of ammunition. Um, they can shoot in different places. And, and sometimes... In in weird places, it it might shoot four inches left. Um, I can't tell you why it does that, but it happens. So because you rifle. to. exactly. So you need to you need to zero your gun with the ammunition you intend on
0: using in it. Um, so the one thing that I can add to the rifle thing, because I literally know fuck all about rifles. Um, reloading rifle ammo is non-trivial uh, in in pretty much every caliber. Uh, bottleneck cases and things. Uh the odds of you making fuck-ups and having ammo that doesn't quite work is, is quite great if you're not uh you're not paying attention. And uh you you need to be more careful. you don't need to be careful with pistol ammo. You need to be more careful with what you do with rifle ammo because you're dealing with significantly higher pressures. And the uh, consequences of fucking up is uh is is great. So take take care when doing that. Uh be sure that you you understand what you're doing before you start.
1: Yeah, I mean, even a teeny tiny rifle round like uh, a 2d3 is using five or six times as much powder as you're going to be using in your pistol, your pistol rounds. Um, yes, it's a different powder and a slower burning, but there's a lot more of it. Uh, and I, I don't know if I ever told this, the, the, the story on the show, but I never figured going into Valley back in the day and there was a checkers packet with a Musgrave Model 80 in it. I think it was a Model 80, it may have been an M98. Um, and what had happened is dude had bought the rifle, decided he was going to reload for it. Uh, it was a .30-06. His China told him that he used 56 grains of powder between a, behind a 180-grain bullet. So he grabbed 56 grains of, of the powder he happened to have, which was MS-200, which is a, <laughs> a pretty fast-burning <clears throat> pistol case. Um, if I remember correctly, he can now count to seven or eight, um, and his rifle fits it in a shopping bag. Uh, so uh, there's been a whole lot of um, stuff recently on that. I don't know who it was, some fucking YouTuber whose 50 cal blew up. Um, it's it's pretty serious, um, and your face is pretty close to it as well. Uh, so if something happens, so just yeah, pay them a little bit of attention. Be mindful. Um, you know, uh, make sure you've got the right caliber ammunition for your gun. Um, you know, one that happens is guys try and shoot 300 blackout in a 2 3 gun, a 2d3 rifle. Um, I've also heard of cases of, of guys trying to shoot, um, you know, what can a lot of rifle cartridges are based on the same case but in different lengths. Um, and if you try and, for example, shoot seven below eight in your 2506. Um, I don't know if that particular combination will work, but I know there are some combinations where you can get it to to marmalade in there. Um, that's uh, that's going to be deeply problematic. So especially be careful with that sort of thing. If you and your buddies are going to the range um, and you're going to shoot a whole lot of different guns and you've got on the bench, you've got four different rifles and four different calibers and four different boxes of ammo sort of thrown, you know, guys, I'm too OCD to do this, but guys will like throw ammo out the box on the, on the bench or the, you know, and you grab ammo. And so, you know, if if I go shoot two rifles at, at the same time at the range, I will genuinely put one in its bag, shoot the other one. If it's not time I put the ammo away, swap the guns around, Yes, it's time consuming, but it's going to stop me trying to shoot a round of 9.3 in my 7mm or, you know, anything stupid like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and be mindful as well. One of the classic ones is guys telling you that it's impossible to shoot, three. you know, to chamber 300 blackout in a 2D3. Um, guns don't always read gun manuals. Um, so oh, there's a fair amount of blown up 2D3s from the impossibility of of shooting 300 blackouts in them. So it's impossible that they blew up, except that they're in pieces.
0: Uh, Yeah. You cannot chamber this round, mm. but it doesn't help if you tell it afterwards.
1: Also, (laughs) sometimes if you smash it hard enough, what happens is you chamber it because you managed to jam the bullet so hard into the case that now it fits and you've managed to accelerate, you know, spike pressures even more, not just because you're trying to shoot a, a, a bullet two millimeters bigger down the barrel, but now you've you've kind of reduced the overall length by 10 mils.
0: That's why you need the uh, the AR with the uh, Ford Assist, right? Yeah, the stoppage
1: macOS device,
0: so you can smash it closed. Yeah, so you can smash it closed. This won't close. I'll just jam on this button a couple of times and then send it. <laughs> what did Eugene Stoner know? Because <laughs> exactly. he didn't want to add it, but... He didn't you know. want that thing on there. <laughs> um, is there anything we've missed, guys? Is there anything we we can we talk about? Anything I'm sure there's
1: lots we've missed, but hopefully there's some stuff here, guys,
2: will find useful.
0: I hope so. Yes? I just
2: want to add one thing on the bolt guns to finish them off. Um, my my uncle's one friend went hunting one year, and I don't know how it happened or what guns they were using or whatever, but he managed to um close an action probably only 60 or 70% of the way through. Um, so the action wasn't completely closed. And when he took sight and aimed it at, at the animal while they were hunting and he pulled the trigger, the gun actually went off. And unfortunately, what happened there was the bolt came back and hit him in the face. Oh. So when you're using bolt guns, make sure that the bolt is closed 100% every single time. Oh, that's a nasty thought. Yep. I didn't even think that'd be possible. Shit. Yeah, n- nor did I.
0: So uh, yeah, I I think that there are some rifles where it might not be the but I, I'm pretty sure there are some rifles where that's possible. Yeah, mm.
1: like, well, I mean the the classic one is if I and and I'm hoping I remember this correctly. In I know this, but I was great in World War One. The Canadian military used the Ross rifle, and when you cleaned the bolt, it was possible to put something in backwards and fire it once, and then I think the firing pin blew out the back of the bolt. Um, And if you think about what the firing put on your bolt gun is pointing at when you shoot, um, you don't want that coming out at a great rate of knots. Yeah.
0: No, no, thanks. Uh, It's, it's, you're able to fire it once, mostly because you can't fire anything after that.
1: Well, (laughs) well, maybe twice, once with your right eye and once with your left eye. (laughs) Um, That might be why to this day, you know, we use a lot of Mauser 98 based actions, um, because fair amount of guys still shooting with, with Lee-Enfield-based actions. But there's not a lot of sport-rised rifles around. I think on the Mark II, mm. they apparently, or Mark II or Mark III, one of the later marks, they did apparently fix it. But by then, it was a bit of too little, too late.
0: By yeah. then, no one cared because no one was taking a risk. Yeah. Yeah. There's only
1: so many one-eyed soldiers you can have
2: in a unit. <laughs> Would they be the one-eyed bandits? <laughs> Terrible. that joke the room.
0: yes it's <laughs> <That's> fucking horrible <coughs> i know
1: that's what i'm here for yes <laughs> like do you, you wanna you know what if you've listened this like this far then you know the only person you can blame is yourself exactly
0: <laughs> sucker for punishment uh miss ravens yeah. do you want to lead us out
2: yeah of course um so as always, we'd like to thank everybody for their involvement with Welcome to the Gun Show, listening to it, keeping involved, and and keep the posts coming up, the questions, comments, and interaction on the Facebook page. We do enjoy it. Uh, and then keep working on the Driller of the Month. Uh, we'd like to see more submissions coming through, and thank you to those guys who have put their submissions in. And um, we've got quite a few club members now, but if you want to join the club, please subscribe. Uh, Anko joined the club.
0: I want to make Oh, did he? Them- Uncle, nice, Unko. new I club got, member. We we have, I think we had seventy five or seventy six uh, episodes uploaded. I mean, not episodes, but sort of releases. So Q and A's and stuff intermixed and some bumpers and things. He rated every single one. You know, I know that because I got seventy five or seventy six fucking <laughs> emails in a row.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Uncle. <Unko. laughs> yeah. Part of the did club. He, did he rate them all one star though?
0: No. <laughs> He did. He did review the entire show, not just the individual episode. So he rated the individual episodes and left a review for the show. And his show review was something like, uh, "It's not always terrible, but sometimes it is," or something to that
2: effect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Anko. <Uncle>. Nice, <laughs> nice. Thanks, <Uncle>. Anko. <laughs>
1: but and uh, yeah, but as Gaz said, I'm sorry to interrupt Gaz, and I'll let you carry on. No, no. um, please, guys, use you know, we've got the Facebook group and the Facebook page. Use that to interact. You know, show ideas, things you want to discuss, questions, comments, um, jump in on drill of the month. Uh, you know, and, and as we've discussed numerous times on the drill of the month, it's not it's not there, it's not a competition. So so if your time is going to be better or worse than anyone else's, if your score is going to be better or worse than anyone else's, it doesn't matter um you know we have lots of if you want to shoot competition we're at matches all the time um there's matches wherever you are there's probably matches close by you can find competition that's not what this is about this is an audit of of skills and gear um, so don't be afraid to do it because you may not be as cool as someone else and if you join the group if
0: you haven't been on there um, you'll see that there is quite a few actual drill failures that have been posted. Hmm. And there's been no uh, sort of mockery or or criticism of those people. Uh, It's been a learning experience for everyone, um, which is is great. So please join, please submit your drills. Um, And a lot of the stuff is possible to do without having a timer, so don't let that stop you. Um, Obviously, if you can get to shooting stuff, use the timer there, fantastic but some of the stuff can be done with uh, with part times on a an app on your phone and, uh, and you can still get it all submitted and learn from it awesome later losers